Welcome to Better Since Birth. This is your go-to podcast for unapologetic motherhood and breaking the norms society holds about women. I'm Sarah Nowak, your host, and I'm super excited to have you here. Hello, welcome back and welcome to the first episode of this new year of Better Since Birth. I hope you had the most beautiful start into this new year and I'm wishing you lots of love, abundance, magic, adventures, most importantly health for this upcoming year and I hope you had a beautiful evening yesterday. Um, we celebrated with friends here in London. It was super beautiful. We all cuddled up under heating blanket and watched movies <laughs> and Luana passed out at like 11 p.m. And um, yeah, we uh, we stayed awake until 12, but then we just gave each other a big hug <laughs> and said Happy New Year. And then we all went to bed, <laughs> which was perfect. And yeah, I hope you had a great start too. Um, I recently wrote down all of my lowlights of 2023 so the past year and um, kind of the lessons that it brought me and I realized that it would be interesting to make an episode on my motherhood learnings or kind of the things that I learned in this past year um, that were related to parenting motherhood everything that comes with that especially because it was the first year um, where I was completely traveling so had no home base just went from one place to the other and I think the longest amount of time I stayed in one place was about three till four weeks and yeah there were days where I went or yeah weeks where I just went um, from one place to the other just spending one night in one place and then moving on which was kind of exhausting looking back, but definitely fun and I enjoyed it, but now I can't imagine it anymore. Um, that's maybe also because we're um, traveling with a lot more luggage. But anyways, I wanted to share with you um, three lessons that 2023 brought me. And yeah, I hope you get something out of it. So I'm going to do this in a chronological order, which means that the most valuable lesson, in my opinion, comes at the end of this episode. So stay tuned for that. And we're going to start with um, a lesson I would call cancel plans or listen to your gut feeling, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. But it's mainly about um, a lesson that I had to learn the hard way this year because I was traveling the whole year, like I said. Um, I mean, I'm still traveling, but um, now I'm taking it a bit easier because I really got to a point where I felt burned out from traveling. And it was partly because of this exact reason that I did not allow myself to rest enough. And especially if you're raising a two-year-old on your own, <laughs> you should um, you should realize that it's yeah, it's not the way to go to to say yes to everything, to take along every adventure. And although I love living this adventurous life with my daughter, and although I'm always saying that um, you can take your kids along to almost anything, um, also you don't have to. Because the truth is, if you are, let's say, living in Germany or in the US, and if you're not living somewhere super close to nature and basically your options are taking your kid to a cafe, meeting friends or, you know, cinema, whatever it is, it can be really hard to to stay with kids in these places. 
And I realized that when I visited friends in Germany, for example, and we would sit in cafes and talk and I knew it wouldn't be easy for Luana because of course, how to tell a two year old that she has to sit down for three hours and <laughs> basically do nothing. Although I, of course, brought along toys for her, but at some point it just gets boring for her, which I understand because she wants to explore and she wants to to do different things and she wants to run around and then the waiters would come up to me and tell me that she can't run around because then they couldn't properly serve the people so it was just yeah um annoying for everyone so I realized that if I don't have a good feeling about a certain situation or if I have the feeling that um it is not appropriate for me and my daughter then I just need to listen to my gut feeling and just maybe meet somewhere else, maybe go on a walk rather than sitting somewhere or, um, yeah, meeting up with my friends in like more child friendly places, like, I don't know, a kid's museum or, um, an indoor playground, outdoor playground, whatever it is. So that I actually get to chat with my friends and that Luana's happy because she's playing and yeah, that we're all having a good time. And yeah, I think especially because, like I said, I was traveling and um, just basically said yes to almost everything. And yeah, like I said, it worked out. Like you can do a lot of things with your kids, but um, also you have to know when to leave a certain situation, when to leave the party, let's call it. And um, yeah, or just listen to your gut feeling in the first place, because I um had a situation this year I think it was somewhere in May around that time where I've been traveling for the whole um yeah since the year before in October so that was already like eight months of full-time traveling where I did not spend one day at home or in my Airbnb guest house wherever I was and so in May I was staying in Airbnb and it was a beautiful day in Munich. The summer was just about to start. Everyone was outside and my Airbnb host told me that he would spend the day inside um, and just relaxing in his flat. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> and then I realized, wait, this is so messed up because why wouldn't you do it? Like, why would you not just stay at home? Like, <laughs> Um, when I was having a home, like a, yeah, when I was paying rent and had a flat, I would stay at home for an entire day or two days or whatever it took me to just watch movies, read books, do whatever I did at home. And I did certainly not spend every day outside. So why did I do that when I was traveling? Why did I not allow myself to to have this rest period, which I certainly needed? Because maybe if I would have integrated it more into my life, then I would have not reached the state of travel burnout. So um, basically, that was a huge learning for me that I think it's even if you're traveling alone and if you're not traveling with children, um, you have to have these rest periods and you have to take these moments for yourself where you're just like indoors. And I know that especially if you're staying in hostels and everyone around you is going to the party or is, yeah, basically, I don't know, just yeah, being outside, being social, the FOMO can kick in and you think you don't want to miss out because you might meet the most amazing people. But honestly, um, you have to have these days where you just relax and do nothing and then also be there and do nothing because I often find myself when I decide, okay, now I'm gonna, I'm just gonna stay inside and I'm gonna play with Luana inside. I'm gonna put on all her toys on the carpet and then 
and maybe after an hour I'm I yeah catch myself thinking that okay what can I do now to be productive should I record another podcast or should I read a book or learn something new or be more productive but I think especially if you listen to the last episode with Alisa no not the last one the one before where we were talking about our human designs and uh, with me being a manifester it's super important to to have these rest periods in my daily life because I'm literally thriving off resting <laughs> which is good to know because I also have these creative urges where I'm just I want to create and create and do things but then I also have to allow myself to rest and this is also another big thing that I want to put in here because it matches well is to live accordingly to your cycle and I think especially as a woman this is so important and it's something that I'm not obviously not an expert on but I learned a bit this year about it because um, I find myself often kind of betraying myself um, about that because I did not really lived according to my cycle. I'm not perfect right now, but basically, if you never heard anything of that, it is, yeah, basically living according to your cycle is that there are certain periods in of time in your, in, in a month where you have more energy and uh, less energy always. You should pursue certain things and where you should rather not pursue certain things based on based on your cycle, basically. So um, once I started really tracking my period and really started tracking uh, my cycle, I put it into my calendar and now I know exactly in which phase of my cycle I'm in and understand my body better, understand better what my body needs and if I should be social during that time or if I rather stay indoors and do things that don't really um, need a lot of attention or that don't really need me being super social and bubbly and yeah just allowing myself to rest and yeah like I said I'm not an expert on this topic but I'm uh, certainly learning more and more about it because I think it makes a huge difference and it's kind of cool to just split up your months in, in certain little cycles. And um, yeah, just live according to that because that were, that's what women did like, yeah, since forever and it worked well. So um, why not integrating that more into your daily life? Because I feel a lot of people are just living very um, disconnected from their bodies right now and it causes so many problems. So why not? Um, yeah live more according to your own cycle. All right, the second lesson is about allowing more help into your life. And I had to learn that the hard way as well <laughs> this year, because if you're anything like me, and especially if you're a single parent as well, and I know we are strong, I know we can do it on our own. I know we, we want to be independent and we want to do a lot of things on our own because we obviously want to prove ourselves that we can do all these things, which is amazing and it's empowering and it's incredible. But also we have to allow ourselves to actually get help from others because although you can do it on your own, you don't have to. And um, that was a bit... Uh, yeah, that was a big part for me as well in this year because Luana spent maybe in total five weeks with her dad this year, like distributed on different months. And uh, yeah, three weeks was during my yoga teacher training. And then, yeah, probably it wasn't even five. Oh yeah, maybe it was because then we co-parented a bit 
on Angeli Air afterwards. And yeah, so it might have been five weeks anyway, so it doesn't matter. But what I realized is that during these times, um, I didn't find co-parenting easy, not at all. I think I will do another episode on this anyways, but um, I think it came with its own struggles and it was not particularly easy or easier to co-parent than to be like completely alone with her. But during these moments when I could just, you know, leave her with her dad and go to my yoga class or just meet up with friends, not worrying about having to entertain Luana and, you know, chatting to my friends and just being present with both of them, which can be challenging at times. Um, I did really enjoy to have some time for myself. And although it wasn't much this year, I, yeah, I really enjoyed these moments. And especially after the yoga teacher training, I was really like when I went back to, yeah, taking care of Luana and getting back to kind of our normal life, um, just that we then started co-parenting. But, you know, when I had like three days with her together and then she would stay like two days or three days again with her dad and then, you know, we would just swap. And um, yeah, what I found is that it's like so hard again to come back into this mothering mode after spending so much time with yourself and only having to take care of yourself. So um, I, yeah, I realized that I need these moments for myself. And although I love being a single mom, I mean, you probably know that already when you listen to the podcast or when you follow me on Instagram or uh, when you know me personally, but I think the only struggle I really see of being a single mom is that I really don't have enough me time. And I'm trying to use my time as like wisely as possible and doing things that really fill up my cup instead of like emptying it more when I have these moments where she's sleeping and I can actually do things for myself. But still, like in another um, example for that is that I often do things at night and like work at night, record this podcast at night, uh, which means that I'm usually very tired in the morning and I usually have to choose between, you know, do I want to get something done now? Is it worth it? Should I just go to sleep? Um, just kind of waking it off. And when I, yeah, when we were co-parenting, I could just like work <laughs> like a normal person in the morning or, you know, at midday, which like led to a lot more positive outcome because I had more energy, I felt more inspired and, you know, I was just working in daylight and not at night in a dark room and Luana next to me sleeping had to take care that I'm not too loud. And yeah, those things are... Yeah, they, they really showed me that I need to allow more help in this next year, uh, maybe from um, Luana's dad or from my parents or from friends or, um, yeah, even looking for a daycare for a couple of hours a week um, so that I just make sure that I got these moments for myself. And then I was also chatting to a friend who is a single mom and she brought up her sons basically on her own with the dad being in the same town though. So every other weekend 
they would spend um yeah their weekends at their dad's place and she was telling me that this was so essential for her being a single mom to have these little breaks where she could just be herself and be with her friends and just be in you know a normal 20 year old again without having to worry about if these would be activities that would be suitable with the kids or having to organize a babysitter or yeah just knowing that they're well taken care of that they're with a person who loves them dearly and yeah I think in the end the child is benefiting from being exposed to different people being loved by different people and you as the main caretaker are also benefiting from it because you actually get to have time for yourself and to work on your own goals and to pursue things outside of motherhood. All right, the third lesson, the most important lesson in my opinion, or the lesson that changed my life this year was when I discovered that everything changes if I just allow myself to be playful with my daughter. I don't have to be, I mean, I'm, I know I'm her mom, but, and I know that sometimes you just have to be a parent and I mean I just have to go to bed or I can't just eat sweets the whole day or you know whatever boundaries you need to set of course you need to do that but I'm especially in that stage now where she yeah turned two years old and I swear she suddenly just yeah you could see the change in her attitude because she realized that she can do a lot of things on her own now and she realized you know she has a voice that she wants to share and she realized many things that she's basically yeah, her own, her own being that she can decide herself, like many things. And with that also came a lot of discussions and a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of crying, a lot of, um, a lot of times when she wasn't happy about me deciding something about her. And I realized that, of course, some, yeah, like I said, sometimes you just have to be the parent. You just have to, to tell them to, to brush their teeth or to, to even do it. And sometimes, you know, the diaper has to be changed or it's bath time or, you know, all of these things. But when I realized that my daughter was getting like not happy about it because she felt like overrun by, by the choice or by, by the decision, sorry. And um, I realized that when I would force it, because it was mainly in situations when we would have we would have to be in a certain place at a certain time and then, you know, she would not want to get dressed and I would force it, you know, to, you know, I would get all stressed and tell her, no, we need to dress now, we're late, you know, can't be late. Then it it just got worse. <laughs> Whereas um, at some point I just approached it with with a more playful attitude and I just said, okay, then, you know, I brought all her toys and dressed her toys first or, you know, just try to make a game out of it. Let's see who can who can get <laughs> dressed more quickly or, you know, all of these little uh, tricks that we use as parents. I wouldn't even call them little tricks because we're not tricking our children. It's just that, um, yeah, we just like if you really get into that state of just making it a game of just playing and just not being so hard on yourself about, okay, I have to be the parent now or even getting triggered by, I mean, I think that's what a lot of people or parents get is that they feel triggered by their child's not listening to them. So instead of trying to just force it onto them and just trying to, you know, make it work because you think that you're the adult and because you think that you're the parent and that's why you have the right to tell them something, 
just try to be playful <laughs> and just try to just try to embrace the situation with more playfulness and like I said make a game out of it or just laugh about yourself I mean when I catch myself doing these or when I catch myself getting stressed about a certain thing because she's not um, doing what I want her to do I just laugh about myself at this point because yeah I'm just it's not about life and death in these situations more so often I mean of course if it's like really dangerous and like the only thing that I'm really 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 strict of and really caring a lot about is I don't want to lose her somewhere I don't want her to get hurt so if it's like a situation where we are walking next to a road and she doesn't want to hold my hand or something then I would of course you know make her hold my hand or I just grab her and and hold her and um yeah, so in order, like, so that she's safe and she's not running just off the road. But um, if it's like any situations where I just don't want to get dressed or uh, don't want to eat a certain thing or only want to eat a certain thing and you just think, okay, but you already ate, I don't know, five bananas today. Why do you want another one? Um, just approach it more pl like playful. And it doesn't mean that you have to do what your child is doing or that, yeah, you have to... Um, that you have nothing to say <laughs> and it also doesn't mean that your that your children are manipulating you that's not how it is it's just you and your child coming to a certain agreement about a certain situation which you are both fine with and I mean I believe that the only reason why so many parents are so stressed and trying to force something onto their children is because they're not embracing enough playfulness and like coming back to the example of the banana even if you're don't like want that your kid is eating enough a banana then how can you make the situation more playful like for example can you cut an apple into into a face or a an orange or you know can you just like do the slightest nuance of you know, coming to agreement with both parties that both parties are fine with. And um, yeah, just realizing these moments when you feel triggered by your children, because I know children can trigger you a lot and that's what they're here for. They're here to teach you. Um, yeah, they're here to teach you lessons. They're here to show you your triggers and show you these moments where you have to work on yourselves or these parts of your life where, um, where you're not in alignment with yourself. So if you get triggered by your child not listening to you, ask yourself, why is that? <laughs> Maybe it's because your parents, you know, told you that, um, yeah, the child just has to be and, you know, you're the parent, you have to, <clears throat> you have to have control of them because otherwise they would just manipulate you and otherwise, yeah, what happens otherwise? I mean, I don't really think a two year old or even when they're even smaller, they're not really manipulating you. That's also why kids leave the airway, where parents leave their kids crying because they think, oh, if I just pick it up right away, then, you know, it would know that, um that I'm just jumping whenever they call me and yeah that's a way of manipulation but no that child just needs love it's just crying because it feels helpless and it needs an adult to take care of them so what we're doing by 
by forcing things onto them or just reacting the way that society has taught us to react is that we're creating trauma into our children. We're just passing on generational trauma and all these things that we got taught by society, by our parents, by their parents, um, how we should behave as a parent. When actually we would embrace that playfulness and we would embrace that, um, yeah, being okay with not forcing everything onto our children, with being okay with asking them, what do you want? What do you want to eat? You know, how much do you want to eat? You know, just being in a normal conversation with your children, with so many people, what so many parents are not doing, then actually we make our lives so much easier. And also it teaches so much to our children. Um, and the main thing it teaches to our children is that their voice is like valuable and that their voice matters and that their opinion matters. And this is so much better than just forcing whatever onto them. And then, yeah, just being in total control of the situation. Um, because I think the only thing it teaches your children is that they have nothing to say, um, that they just have to listen to you because you're the parent. That's also like this typical thing of, oh, why do I have to do that? Oh, because I'm the mom. I'm going to tell you what to do. You're not going to tell me what to do. You know, that kind of attitude. <laughs> and like, I know that I'm not perfect. And I often like catch myself like thinking these thoughts or even, you know, telling my daughter, no, that's, we're going to do that because I'm your mom. And then I'm always thinking, okay, this is not right. I should at least explain to her why we're doing a certain thing. So instead of saying, okay, we're going to do that because I'm your mom and I'm saying that we don't, and that we're doing that, I'm going to try to explain to her, we're doing that now because, so you have to hold my hand now because we're walking next to the road because it's not safe and because I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want uh, you to just run off the road or um, you can't have another apple another banana because then your tummy will hurt and I don't want you to feel sick or you know just trying to explain it to them and even though you think that your children might not understand I totally can assure you that they do understand because whenever I tell my daughter a certain thing um like let's say yeah the the road situation she understands and she takes my hand because she realizes that I'm truly caring about her and her well-being. And then she is, of course, doing so, like the thing that I want her to do, because, um, yeah, she realizes that it's important and it's important for me. So if I would just yell at her and be like, now you have to cap my hand now and um, just listen to mommy, of course, she would cry because she would be scared because like she would be yelled at and no one likes to be yelled at. <laughs> and I think often we just forget that children are children and they just want to play. Like also another situation, if you're sitting in a cafe and your children is just running off and wants to play, wants to explore, instead of yelling at them, instead of telling them they should sit down now, just try to get a little bit into their head and try to see things from their perspective because if you're a two-year-old in a new environment, you just want to explore and you just want to run around. You want to create other people and yeah, you want to, you just want to play. It all comes down to playing. And in these moments, I'm just asking myself, how can I, how can I be part of this play? How can I embrace this playfulness right now instead of being stressed about the situation not being the way I imagine it to be? And this helped me a great 
deal this year as soon as I realized that. And yeah, I hope that it helps you too. And I hope that this episode inspired you to write down your own lowlights of 2023 and see what kind of lessons you learned from these low moments in your life. And what can you maybe take into the next year and what you want to leave behind. And yeah, I hope that my my three lessons were valuable for you and that you got something out of that. And yeah, like I said, thank you so much. I wish you the most beautiful new year and thank you so much that you continue to listen to this podcast. Um, I would be super happy if you could leave a review for this podcast on Apple Music or on Spotify or um, yeah, share it with your friends if you like it or if you think that your friends might enjoy listening to it. Thank you so, so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I'm wishing you a beautiful Monday evening now. And of course, an incredible 2024. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you for being part of the motherhood revolution. Feel free to share this episode with your family, with your friends. If you want to connect with me on Instagram, please do so by at better since birth podcast i will put the information in the show notes and other than that if you are have an inspiring story to tell if you want to be part of the podcast yourself please drop me a message i'm more than happy to welcome you here and i'm wishing you a beautiful week and i will see you here next week